الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمد عبده ورسوله صلى الله تعالى عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وبارك وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا أما بعد فعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا أيها الذين آمنوا دخلوا في السلم كافة صدق الله صدق الله مولانا العظيم وصدق رسوله النبي الحبيب الكريم ونحن على ذلك لمن الشاهدين والشاكرين والحمد لله رب العالمين Among the tabi'een there was a very great wali muhaddis and sheikh of his time his name was Salama bin Dinar Rahimahullah Salama bin Dinar Rahimahullah was a resident of Medina Munawwara and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala honored him with the good fortune of meeting the Sahaba Ridwan Allah Alib Ajma'in he was the Qazi of Medina Munawwara a very great wali, sheikh and buzurg endowed with divine ilm with special ilm from the side of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He used to conduct dars in Masjid Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and the people of Medina Munawara revered and respected him. It is mentioned among the words of wisdom that he shared with the ummah, being a man of such high and great position, such high esteem with so much of kabulit and acceptance let's see what is the condition of his heart and inner self so he would give nasir to people who met him and sought advice from him he would say to them that how you conceal your sins you do not wish people to come to know of the wrongs that you are involved in or the mistakes that you have made in your life, in that way you should conceal your good deeds from people. The level of ikhlas and sincerity within your heart for carrying out the action solely and only for Allah should be such that how you conceal your sins, conceal your good deeds. And then he would say that improves his relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allah Rabbul Izzat will bring all his affairs in order. Allah will improve his relationship with people also. And at times he would give people three advices. He would say that how high you reach in the knowledge of Allah. How much progress you make despite everything. Always remain in search of pious people. People 
above you, your caliber, people greater than you, and have the desire of benefiting from them. Despite how high you may reach, but this fervor, this enthusiasm, this desire should be overwhelming you at all times, that I am nothing and I still need to progress. You should look for the servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who have that special nisbat and connection with Allah and should benefit from them. So you see, this is the first advice. The second advice he would give people, he says that never look down, never look down at anybody. Never regard yourself to be better than any person. But the knowledge of who is higher, who is greater, who is lower, that is only in the knowledge of Allah. It does not give you the right to look down at any person at any time. And the third thing he mentioned that do not sell your knowledge of deen to acquire the wealth of the world. Do not, do not use deen for dunya. So this is what he would tell the people. In Sunan al-Darami, Allama Darami rahimullah was a contemporary of Imam Bukhari, a very great muhaddis. So he has recorded a very insisting that took place between this great Imam, Salama bin Dinar, and the Khalifa of the time, Suleiman bin Abdul Malik. Very, very interesting dialogue. A lot to be acquired and learned from this. Imam Darimi Rahimullah was the contemporary of Imam Bukhari. Imam Darimi passed away in 255 Hijri, later. When Imam Darimi passed away, Imam Bukhari sighed. It was once in his life that they heard him reciting some poetry, the crux of which was that a great man of you who has left, and now it has left all of us now as orphans. We all now are in need, as though the gap that you left now is perceived. So it was one time that Imam Bukhari, who always only the ahadith of Rasulullah used to emanate from his heart upon his Mubarak lips. But on this occasion he gave a deep sigh and he expressed remorse that a great man of your caliber has left. And he has left us in this condition that we are all operation. So Imam Dharami, he records this dialogue between Salama bin Dinar, the great Imam of Medina Munawara, the Qazi of Medina Munawara, from the Kibare Tabin, the senior Tabin who met Sahaba. He says on one occasion, the king, the Khalifa of the time, Suleiman ibn Abdul Malik, he was on his journey to Makkah Mukarrama. So en route, he decided to come to Medina Munawara, give salam to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and meet the ulama and the learned, the pious of Medina Munawara. So when Suleiman bin Abdul Malik reached, Medina Munawara, then the ulama, the scholars, all had come to make salam to the khalifa, pay their respects to come and meet him. And among them was Imam Zuhri, Allah, the ustad of Imam Abu Hanifa and Imam Malik, Muhammad bin Muslim, Ibn Tadrus al-Zuhri, very very great Imam of Hadith. So Imam Zuhri also came to meet the Khalifa, Suleiman ibn Abdul Malik. And it was a very special meeting, an august audience, great great people present around the Khalifa of the time. So the Khalifa, Suleiman ibn Abdul Malik, from the Bani Umayyad dynasty, 
So he asked Imam Zuhri and the ulama present that, I wish to meet a person who have met the Sahaba. Is there anybody among you or from the residents of Medina Munawara who is living at this time, who has met the Sahaba so that I may have the good fortune of meeting him? So Imam Zuhri and the other ulama mentioned to Suleiman ibn Abdul Malik, the king, he says, yes, there is one great scholar, very, very great imam, great alim, the Qazi of Medina Munawara. His name is Salama bin Dinar. He has met the Sahaba. He's the only man that's living at present. So Suleiman ibn Abdul Malik gave the hukam that go and call him. Tell him the Khalif summoning you to his presence. So the Qasid, the messenger went to call Salama bin Dinar. So when Salama bin Dinar, rahimahullah, when he came before the king, before the Khalifa, then he meets him, makes salam. So Suleiman ibn Abdul Malik tells Salama bin Dinar that, Oh Salama bin Dinar, why do I notice loyalty from your side? I see you very very unloyal. I see this loyalty in you. So Salama bin Dinar, he, he mentioned to, to the king, to the Khalifa, that, Oh Khalifa, I don't understand. Can you give me some explanation? You say you notice this loyalty, I'm an faithful and loyal person towards you. He says, yes. That everybody came to meet me from Medina Munora, the ulama, the scholars. You didn't come to pay respects to me. So you have shown, you have, you have not shown loyalty. You are disloyal to me. So what is the reason for this indifferent attitude? So Salama bin Dinar says, oh king, I, I, I think you're mistaken here. Prior to this, I never ever met you and you never met me. So you don't have any rights that I owe you that I needed to come and visit you and not coming to visit you causes me to become a disloyal servant. If, I, if we had a, a relationship among ourselves and I owed you a lot, then you could say that now you didn't come to meet me, I'm your father or I'm your relative or I have this ihsan upon you. My kindness upon you is so great and due to this now you are supposed to come to meet me but all this hasn't occurred to you. So the king was surprised. He hadn't expected to receive this type of response from this great alim. So the king Suleiman ibn Abdul Maliki turned towards Imam Zuhri, the great alim and he asked Imam Zuhri that what Salama bin Dinar says, is it true? So Imam Zuhri said, yes, what he says is true over him, that you may regard him to be disloyal and unfaithful towards you. So the king realized. So he, he decided to change the expression, the tone that he was speaking. He says, okay, Salama bin Dinar, that now that I had the good, I want to ask you a few questions. So Salama bin Dinar says, no problem, you can ask me whatever you want. It was, it was a very great tabi to the king. Of course, you're not supposed to show disrespect to the Khalifa. The Khalifa, he had being unfaithful, unloyal, disloyal himself, but with respect and honor, dignity, he ex- and he explained to the king. But he's not showing any type of this before the king, because the Khalifa, Shariat commands you, whoever is the Khalifa of the time, that we should be respectful. So he showed a lot of respect also. So, excuse few questions. He says, he says, why is it that people 
they fight so much for mort, for death. Everybody doesn't want to die. So Salama bin Dinar says, he says, O king, O Khalifa, the reason for this is that people have built empires in this world. They made a lot of effort in this dunya to build their homes, to build their palaces, to build their empires, to do whatever. And they have not sent forth anything for the hereafter, so they'll, they, the hereafter in there. So when they have not now made preparations for the home of the hereafter, they only concentrated on the preparation for the home of this earthly life. They don't want to leave this earthly life to go to the hereafter. But those servants of ample preparation and effort for building the homes of the hereafter, constructed home there, and they look forward to meet Allah. So he said, tell me when a person leaves this world, how will Allah receive him? The king asked him. So, so Salama bin Dinar Abu Hazim, is titled, they call him Abu Hazim. Salama. So he says, O oh king, that if the person made effort for the hereafter, he had a good relationship with his creator in this dunya, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be waiting to meet him and he'll be waiting to meet Allah. It'll be like a person who is returning home, a traveler who is returning home after a lengthy period. Like a person, you know, of a long time he was out and he's looking forward for the journey and everybody is waiting for him at home. His wife, his children, his parents, everybody's waiting. And he's coming home after a long time. What is the feeling, condition and the kayfiyat of that meeting or that journey? So that is how that banda now Allah is waiting to receive him and he's waiting to meet Allah. The angels also, the ambiya, the sahaba, the pious, all will be waiting there to meet him. And that servant who he broke his relationship with Allah, he was a defiant and disobedient servant of Allah in this world. And he will be now returning home slave. Like a slave who had absconded. He ran away from him. He was apprehended. He was caught and he being being brought back to his master in chains. He's handcuffed in chains. He's bringing him back home. And then he fears the consequence of the wrong. How will his master receive him? This is how the sinful servant will be received by Allah. So then the king Suleiman bin Abdul Malik says to Abu Hazim, Salama bin Dinar, if I only know how Allah will meet me when I have to leave this world, if I only knew how Allah will meet me. So Salama bin Dinar, says, if you want to really know, O king, present your amal before the quran majid all the answers are in the quran majid present your amal present your life deeds before the book of Allah you'll see the answer there so the king says which ayat will I find that answer in that will show me the answer to my question so Salaban bin Dinar says Allah Pak says Naeem wa inna al-fujjara lafi jahim that the pious servants of Allah will paradise forever and ever, enjoying the beauty, enjoying the favors, enjoying that inna al-abrara lafi na'im. Wa inna al-fujjara lafi transgresses. They will be in the blazing fire. The Quran says it. You take your amal and present it before Quran, you'll see the answer to your question is here. So then the king says to him, but Allah is very kind to the sinful also. The sinful also. Why do you have this approach by saying that only the pious 
and the righteous and the friends of Allah will enjoy his favors and the sinful servants will go to hell. Why is it that you say this? The mercy of Allah also will engulfle servants also, the king tells him. So Salama bin Dinar says that Allah Pak answers that in the Quran Majid. Allah says, Inna rahmatullahi qareebun min al muhsineen The mercy of Allah is close to the good doers and the righteous and pious. Allah is saying, is not to the, not for the sinful. Allah is saying, see, you want my mercy, this is how to get it. Piety, purity, chastity, righteousness, fulfilling the rights of people, being a good servant, you'll get that mercy. So he says, okay, I have understood, understood. And then he says, tell me, who is the person who is most honored in the sight of Allah? Who is that servant who is most honored? He says the person who has a pure heart, his heart is pure from all sins. And his life also is the life of piety and righteousness. This servant is greatly honored by Allah. He's most honored. His inner condition also is pure. His outer and external life also radiates purity. Then he says that whose actions are the best actions? First say, which person is the most honored? Who are the most honored people? So he gave him that answer. Which, which person's actions are the best? He says the person whose actions are the best is that person who stays away from haram all the time. away from. And he fulfills the faraiz and the wajibat, the duties, the obligations Allah placed upon him. He fulfills it all the time. This person's actions are the best actions. Then he says that whose dua is the best? We need people's duas. Best. He says that you show kindness towards and he makes dua behind your back for you. On account of the goodness that you had now showed him, you're kind to the servants. You're not there at the time when the hearts are flowing with dua for you. That's the best dua the most accepted dua. The dua, if you want to know, which will strike the mark, most accepted dua. The dua of those people who you are show kindness towards. And when you're not there to ask, doing a dua, Allah Pak accepts that dua, the dua of a brother for his brother behind his back. And yet this is the person who is happy. He's so happy because you are kind towards him. Whoever it be, whether it's a wife, whether it's a children, whether it's a subordinate, whether it's your workers, the employee for the employer, employer for the employee, whether it is any person, the neighbor for his neighbor, whoever it may be. He say, what is the best sadaqah a person can give? He says, the best sadaqah a person can give is at the time when he doesn't have a lot. But he sees his brother in hardship and difficulty and he still says, let me help him, you know. Allah Pak appreciates this. He, do, he doesn't have a lot, so he can't give everything. But despite that, he still says, I'll give, I'll give what is within my capacity, I'll give a little. And after he gives that sadaqah in the right avenue, to the right recipient, he gives it with honor and dignity and respect. And he does not give reminders of his generosity to that person. Or he doesn't hurt his heart in any way. This is the best sadaqah. He says, who, who is, oh, oh Salama bin Dinar, who is the most intelligent person, most foolish person from the creation? He says, the most intelligent person is a person whose life is on deen. And he invites others to the same. That is his investment for the akhirat. He's on deen 
And he's not concerned about himself alone, he's concerned about the hidayat of humanity at large in totality. So he passes on the goodness of deen from his life to others. As long as if he passes away also, they will be the investment for this person in the year after. As long as they will continue, they'll pass it on. His investment will continue, growing and growing. This is the most intelligent person. Who is the most foolish person? He said the most foolish person is that person who assists a person in wrong. In some wrong, in zulm, oppression, you're helping that man against someone. Just to see to it that some worldly benefit comes to this man, but you're destroying your own deen and your relationship with Allah. The most foolish person, you're helping some person to oppress someone or for some wrong purpose. So you're trying to help him for friendship purposes, to help him in some dunya, haram dunya, but in the infirm you are destroying your relationship with Allah and deen. The most foolish person is this person. Then the king says to him, that can you tell me, what do you think of me? What's my level of deen? What's your opinion of me? So Salama bin Dina said, Oh king, you know, I ask you for forgiveness. I ask you to excuse me from this. I don't want to give you my opinion about yourself. What type of person you are, I don't want to tell you that. He says that, no, it's a word of nasihat and good counsel to, to your brother. That please, I ask you to tell me, what are your thoughts of me? When you look at my lifestyle, when you look at my rule, my rulership, you look at my reign I am conducting, tell me exactly what do you feel about me and about my family, Bani Umayyad, my forefathers who have passed on. He says, now that you have asked me for the sake of Allah to explain to you, I am forced to do so, O king. He says, you, you people, you all ruled with oppression, you all killed many people unjustly, you all usurped the wealth of people. And all the sins that you people have been in, Allah knows. If only Allah could have opened your eyes. Your fathers, they in the graves. And they could have only told you what condition they have met by Allah on account of the wrongs they committed. You know all the wrongs, O king. The wealth. Out of Islamic wealth and you people usurped it. You stole all this money. Taxes and what have you. You did all this. The king was surprised. So there was one person among the courtiers of the king who was present. Immediately, he told Salama bin Dinar, how dare you speak to the king in this manner? Don't you know? This is against the royal etiquette. You're not supposed to talk to the king like this. You overstep your mark. Salama bin Dinar says, he says that, no, I had to say what I said. He asked me for the sake of Allah. And Allah had taken a covenant from the ulama of this ummah, Allah pocket, that we will never conceal the truth when we are asked. When you ask the haqq, you'll, you'll always expose it. That is the true alim of this ummah of Rasulullah. So I had to say it. So then he says, okay, I accept my wrongs. How do I change my condition? How do I reform my life? Can you give me the solution and the answer to this? He says that leave this pride one side. Make toba, Lead a pure life and return the wrong, the, 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 the properties and the wealth wrongfully taken to the rightful owners. Return everything to people. Allah Pak will look at you favorably. And then he says that, why don't you spend with me in my company? Wherever I travel, I, w- I would like you travel with me. Be with me in my company all the time. I can benefit from you. Salama bin Dina says, I ask Allah's protection and refuge from this. I don't want to be with you. I don't want to travel with you. I don't want to be in your company. I don't. He says, why? 
He said, I fear that my heart will be inclined towards the riches and the wealth that Allah has given you. And my heart will move away. I don't want this. So then the king says, okay, do you have any need I can fulfill of yours? Any needs you got, you know. I can fulfill your needs. He says, yes, I got one need, you know. So what's the need I can have, I can be of assistance in fulfilling? He says, the only need I have is entry into Jannah and being saved from the fire of Jahannam. The king says, that is not in my hand, you know. In the hands of Allah. He says, then I have no need towards you. I have no other need towards you. The king says that, Give me more nasiyat. You are quite brief and short. Give me more nasiyat. I would like you to speak more. So he tells the king, I said whatever I needed to say. I was brief. What I put before you is quite jamia. It is all encompassing. And everything that needed to be said, I said it with the fuzzle of Allah. If you ponder over the message, you'll understand. You know. He says, please make dua for me. The king says, please make dua for me. He lifts his hand and he says, Oh Allah, if this king is a good servant in your sight, then grant him the goodness of this world and the next. And oh Allah, if he's not a good person, oh Allah, you catch him by his foreleg, you catch him by his forelock, and you pull him towards Hidayat, and towards Jannat, and towards goodness. So the king was happy, he made dua for me, what a nice dua. Hold him by his forelock, oh Allah, and you pull him towards goodness. Then he says that, okay, the, the Salam bin Dinad, he took leave, he met the king and then he goes away. The king sent 100 ashrafiya, gold coins, as if 100 gold coins, he wrote a letter to the king. He said that, oh king, this 100 gold coins, it's a lot of money you sent. If this is in exchange of the deen that I presented before you, the knowledge of the akhirat, the knowledge of the sunnah, nasihat that I gave you, because of my deen, you want to repay me, then this is too little money you're giving me. For what the wealth of the akhirat is, the deen is worth so much, this is, this is. Though it's a lot of money, but compared to the knowledge of deen, and I don't, I cannot sell my, can't take it. And if you feel that, no, you're giving me this because I'm part of the Muslim ummah, and I have any, I have some haq in the Muslim treasury, in the Baytul Mal, because of that you're giving him some money from the Baytul Mal. If you give all the scholars and all the ulama the same allowance, then I'm, but since you didn't do this, I cannot accept it. He, he sends his letter and then he returns it back. In discussion that took place with Salama bin Dinar and the king, Suleiman ibn Abdul Malik, it is mentioned that the heart of Suleiman ibn Abdul Malik was touched. He understood, he cried, he wept bitterly. And it is mentioned that, be, that the kings before him, the rulers before him, they ruled with a lot of injustices. Though he also, there were a lot of injustices and wrongs that took place. But we find that this good word and good counsel offend. That he realized that he has to stand before Allah one day and give an account. He did not pass on the khilafah to his children or to his family members or to, or, or to his brothers. He could have even made them the successors to the throne. And the next khalifa, he appointed Umar bin Abdul Aziz rahimahullah, who they regarded the fifth khalifa of Islam. And we all know the goodness. He the goodness of Islam back to its condition. That was usurped, Allah made him bring everything back. As though he shone is, and the wrongs that were prevalent, he wiped it out. He was so great a servant of Allah, that it is mentioned that he was so much of justice in his rule, that the wolf and the shadda. The day when Umar ibn Abdul Aziz passed away, and the shepherd had seen the, the, the sheep and the goat, he said, Umar bin Abdul Aziz has passed away. And they found the news, he passed away. 
He was the one who restored the sunnah of Rasulullah revived the sunnah in the whole world again. He was the one who... He, the hadith of Rasulullah he gave the command and the hukam that the preservation of, of the hadith must take place. Like how the preservation of Quran took place by Hazrat Abu. He gave the hukam that the, that the hadith will be preserved. On account of that we find till today all that the knowledge of hadith is preserved in the world with Umar Abdul Aziz. And it is mentioned whose son passed away in battle in jihad. One father, his son passed away. Allah Pak honored this father with the honor of seeing his son every Thursday. Every Thursday that father used to see his son in a dream. Father should. And Allah Pak should make it the son should come to meet the father in the dream. One Thursday the father didn't, the son didn't come. The father, he went to sleep, he made dua, his son didn't come, father was perturbed. So the following Thursday when the father seen his son, oh beta, oh my son, you didn't come to see me in the dream last Thursday. He says, yes, last Thursday a very grand occasion. It was a very grand meeting that took place. He says, what was it? He says that it was the death of Umar bin Abdul Aziz that took place. Allah Pak commanded Rasulullah Sallam, all the Ambiya, all the Sahaba and all the Awliya to get gather to go and receive Umar bin Abdul Aziz to the hereafter. Allahu Akbar. So I had to also go there on that taqaza, I couldn't come see you. This Sumail Suleiman bin Abdul Malik, this Nasir affected his heart before passing away. He appointed this man, Umar bin Abdul Aziz, to the throne. And this was the greatest deed he did, you know. Allah Pak forgive him, forgive us. Allah Pak give us the tawfiq of coming on the complete sunnah of Rasulullah and making tawbah for our sins. Wa akhidawan alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin.